This is your host, Josh Sharp, and welcome to New Hope's Cutting Room Floor Podcast, where we get a chance to talk about what didn't make it into the sermon this week and what our speaker would have liked more time to engage with. We'll also go over some questions that you might have had and generally just have a good time talking about what was on our speaker's mind. Today, we'll be continuing our conversation on Does Christianity Oppose Diversity? from our current sermon series, 10 Questions, Exploring Barriers to Our Faith, with John Rosenstiel and special guest, Akeem Bradley. So, anything else on the cutting room floor, John? Before we kind of move Bro, past that, that's a lot. I left a lot on the cutting I'll, room floor. Like, I'm up for it. Multiple <laughs> servants. I, I think there's, there's no doubt. I totally agree. I, I mean, I think, I think with this topic, right people are it touches nerves, and 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 again. So I was I was I touched a lot already on Sunday, but I wanted to try to be. Some of these are just best conversations had like this. Yeah, with people yeah. of color, and I would encourage. Um, my one of my closing things was to challenge people to populate your tables with people that look differently than you and think differently than you, reading books the same way, mm. I would just encourage you to do that. If this is feeling yeah. alien to you and you, you've never heard these things before, it should probably be be a, be a signal to you that you need to diversify and, and listen. And maybe yeah. today's a first start uh, yeah. with that. I mean, I, I that's one of those things that I've loved in my life and I wish I've always had more time to do is sit at the table with different people that think differently, come from different backgrounds mm. and hear it out and kind of like, I just love it. I, my curiosity, everything about that. I mm. just enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, half the time I'm not trying to fix anything in my mind or I'm just learning yeah. and it's, it's great. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, okay. So with that said a little bit, the ne- the next question is like, what does that look like for us as the church? And you know, how's that play out on a Sunday morning? How's that play out on Monday morning? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm throwing that out there to you guys thinking through that. Um, there's a few other things I'll touch on as we're going, but yeah, what does diversity look like? Mm. Well, I want to, I want to let Hakeem do the majority of the talking here. I would note, and I think it was self-evident in how we, we kind of scripted the question that we talked about one element of diversity. Mm color of skin, you know, ethnicity, race mm-hmm. kind of deal. And that's really important. And I think, I think we, I, I hopefully, I think we showed that God's plan is, is very much a part of that. Mm. But um, there's lots of other diversity yeah. that is important as well. And, yeah. and um, you know, listening to my brothers and sisters of color talk about even within their own communities of color, the growing diversity socioeconomically. Yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes yeah. those socioeconomic divides can be greater than skin color divides. Absolutely. So I don't want to simplify it to just say, if we if we get a bunch of people in a place with different skin colors, it's all good and we're diverse. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah, and, I think and it's then, a complex answer. Yeah, sure. so yeah. I would even say um, age. Right. Mm-hmm. Age yeah. is a big one. Right. So diversity of age. We want we aspire at New Hope to be intergenerational, not mm-hmm. multi-generational, because multi can be just generations beside one another coexisting. Yeah. We want to be intergenerational. We want to be woven together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would I would uh, say, again, not to bring up another today, but political diversity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's I'm always a, impressed about how politically diverse we are. Yeah, yeah our church, I think our church truly is politically diverse, which is why some people are just Sometimes, probably really yeah. uncomfortable in our church. But, but I think that that's, again, going back to this main theme, like this is what the kingdom of heaven is going to look like. One day when we're at the wedding feast of the Lamb, yeah. it will be massively diverse. That yeah. line, people of, uh, of every tribe, language, of which was over 7,000 in the world, people and nation. So... Like I tell people that are going to churches or your life is hanging out with people who vote like you, think like you, look like you, 
you're not preparing yourself for the kingdom of heaven. You're going to be in shock and awe for the first couple moments of glory. (laughs) And I got to say, that sounds boring to me. (laughs) Like I I like me, don't get me wrong, but if there was two of me, that would be more than enough. Did you just say, I like me? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) But there's there's more than enough of me in my existence. Like I don't want other people that just don't spur me on to change, to, to mm. think differently, to learn, like, yeah, that's just boring. Yeah. So that, but in fairness, I think your question mm. was about ra- racial diversity. I just wanted to <laughs> A little bit, that. but I think culture lies largely yes, in that as well. cultural diversity mm. as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I want to, I want to listen to Hakeem on this. Um, mm. but yeah, I just wanted to note that. So I don't want to overly simplify this conversation, sure. but I think yeah. To, to kind of bring it back to the more narrow field, mm-hmm. what does it look like to be a church in a place like Portland? Maybe we could ask that, mm-hmm. right? To practice diversity. I mean, and, and again, like I'm really interested in what you have to say. I have no idea because yeah. there's all kind of theories out there, right? Yeah. Let's let's hire a bunch of people of color and put them on stage. Mm-hmm. Let's let's you know all these kind of things, which yeah. I hear push back to that. I hear I have friends that agree and disagree. Um, talk to us a little bit. It's a what is that? Jumbo, man. What does that look like? <laughs> Not to distill it to just one simple thing, but simply put, I think proximity will be our best friend. I think, well, one, like Josh, what you were just saying, you don't want to be around somebody who's just like, like I think if we're just surrounded by people in the various spheres of our lives of interaction, I think we rob ourselves of our formation as followers of Jesus. That's a good way to put that. Um if you want to just be in the same plane of, of life that you're currently functioning in, keep doing what you're doing and just being monochromatic or monolithic in the groups that you hang around. But if you want to look more like Jesus, I think you need to be around more people mm. of, of different backgrounds. So on a practical level, like what would it look like for somebody to just take a Sunday and be like, you know what, this is my home base, but I'm gonna go visit a Vietnamese church. I'm going to go visit a black church. I'm going to go visit a Latino church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go visit a Native American church. I'm going to go visit an Armenian church. Like people of different ethnic uh, backgrounds, what would it look like if you just said, I'm actually going to go there, enjoy being a part of a different set of my siblings and just observe and glean and maybe even talk. Of course you should talk. But I think that's one tangible way. Mm-hmm. I think literally inviting people to dinner who are from, like, you guys had a lady that, um, a sister who read in, uh, she's Portia. from Z- Portia. Yeah. Yep. She's from Zimbabwe? Yeah, so for those of you who have not watched the service, and I don't, I think that is online, but that, oh yeah, Portia online. is part of our community. She's from Zimbabwe. She read the passage in her mother tongue, which is Shauna, mm-hmm. is the name of the language. For sure. Like, that's somebody, a part of this church family already, and I'm, I'm sure there's more people from different ethnic backgrounds. But what would it look like? You don't even have to go nowhere else on a Sunday. I just was giving a, uh, an example. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> even then you go, yo, I would love just to sit, coffee, lunch, breakfast, dinner, brunch, whatever, just to be like, tell me about your life and I'll share you about mine. And together we will see what Jesus has curated in forming a collective people of, of, of folks from all over and different experiences. I just feel like it's simple as that. But proximity breeds empathy for one. Mm-hmm. I have an issue with folks, I've been guilty of this as well, when we can have so strong of opinions about communities that we don't have relational proximity to. Yeah. For example, I had to kind of check a couple brothers and sisters where I just was like, how you got so many opinions about what black people should do? Oh, fathers just need to stay in the homes. 
oh, well, you just need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps and you'll, you'll, you'll leverage your way out of financial poverty. Or maybe teen moms should just not be a thing anymore. It's just like, first of all, uh, statistics are always skewed to some degree because yeah. they're always taken by a select population of people. So they can't reflect the whole. Nevertheless, statistics matter. Yet at the same time, you don't think black people are trying to address those issues? Have you been to a black church? Mm. Have you heard about pastors who are literally on the streets right now as we speak trying to help the gang violence in our city go down? My uncle, y'all know Uncle uh, Uncle Herman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah uncle. Sunday. Yeah, not Nike. Yeah. Those no are my way. relatives. Are you serious? Through marriage, yeah. Dude, we we see we have so many things to talk about. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, what Herman are they doing? and Nike team taught with me a while back, and, Come on. and as I said Sunday, you know, I have I have coffee with them every single month, and mm-hmm. we we do a lot with them. We do a lot of yeah. Tr- I've got to send them a text message today, actually. Yeah. Y'all I are doing. Talk to them about stuff. Yeah. You guys are doing it. That's relational proximity, right? Yeah. But I've seen them navigate uh, being in North Portland with these youth who are trying to figure out what the heck they want to do. And some go this way, some go that way, some go this way, some go that way. Nevertheless, they are on, literally on the streets mm-hmm. doing mar- like everything in their neighborhood to say, no, there's a different way. Like, you don't think people are addressing those things? Yeah. But yet at the same time, I'm like, have you been to a predominantly black community and like spent significant time? Oh, no? Then why do you have such strong opinions? It's stuff like that. I think when you have actual, and I'm going to just keep saying this word, but when you're actually in proximity those opinions start to shift because you actually get a good look at what's actually going on in the community. Yeah, yeah you learn something and mm-hmm. you adjust accordingly, whatever whatever that is, man. Like, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Right? That's just, again, maybe that's too simplistic for the question. No, no, no. But I just think proximity no. will be your best friend. It's the way. Well, I think this man, true. Jesus, took a tax collector and a zealot and put them in proximity. Can you yeah. imagine the conversations they had? No. What? Yeah. Bro, you're a sellout. What are you talking like, I'm a sellout. Bro, you are an insurrectionist. You are a maniac trying to, thinking about plotting to kill. Like, oh, oh, but Jesus is like, actually, the proximity will change your opinions of you two from of well, one well then you, you, you know this, I think, probably, Hakeem, but, you know, one of the other disciples was Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iscariot means dagger man. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he was part of the Sicarii, which was a group that um, we think uh, were hitmen. Mm. <laughs> This man <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> tried to t- they tried to take out sell out Jews. You think mm. you think Matthew had some rough nights sleeping with Judas Iscariot? That, that's man. still in the be, tent over there. That was some <laughs> awkward stuff early on. Oh. Jesus sleeping in the boat and they're worried about a storm. I'd be worried about the other guys I'm with half the time. <laughs> Matthew's like, "Could you have Judas please keep his knife outside the tent, please?" <laughs> Could you actually Lord. tell him to go sleep twenty yards away from me? I need to hear the footsteps. I mean, we, I couldn't emphasize enough what you're saying, and I'm 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 such a big Maybe Hakeem on this journey. I just want to admit this, but mm-hmm. as I shared Sunday, I mean, it's so cool to know that 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 uh, you and Herman are related. But like Herman and Nike have, you know, over the last couple of years, I, they've become friends, and mm-hmm. we we've done we are doing more and more partnership. Josh has helped him with tech stuff, and Herman's mm-hmm. helped us with stuff. And we sent uh, Herman asked this summer if we could send a bunch of our families up to. Uh, they would have days in the park there mm-hmm. for families and a bunch mm-hmm. of our families went up there. And I mean, Come on. new hopers listen for those opportunities. There'll be more. Yeah. And yeah. those families 
I bet learned and listened. And I've I've driven around with Herman so often. I always say he schools mm. me in pastoring. He mm. te- he reminds me what it's like to pastor, mm. right? Because he knows everybody in the community. Yeah. You know, I, I I think I've told the story, but I asked him this a couple months ago, and I was like, I was like Herman, what do you what do you do in the summer? And he's like, yeah, I'm taking some some young men that are involved in gang violence mm. um, to D.C to uh, the the National African American History Museum because mm-hmm. I want them to remember who they are and where yeah. they came from and who they can be. And I'm like, I'm I'm going to bend with my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that conversation. And but I mean, that's the kind of person, I mean, you know this, that's the kind of person <laughs> that both Herman and Nike are. I mean, like I always, I want to literally honestly send yeah. our pastors to spend a day with them. Oh, yeah. Because I think it, it's humbling and, and we, we have a genuine friendship. Mm. And, and so I think that it's changed me and is changing me. Mm. And New Hopers, just know this, you can look around on a Sunday morning, we are, you know, we are a predominantly white church that is truthful. But in our last survey, I bet, we, I think we had like 11% minority uh, since we moved here mm. uh, anecdotally standing out front i'm i'm confident that's increased and so mm, yeah. a lot of the newer people coming uh, tend to be uh, you know uh, minorities and and you know mixed m- mixed ethnicities and all this kind of thing so i think to your point look around on a sunday morning mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to go far though i love your idea of of visiting other churches and and you know people in their neighborhoods increasingly in their workplaces and their schools yeah those opportunities exist too. And just pulling up a chair and getting to know somebody and buying them lunch and saying, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. It creates compassion. It creates empathy. It's a mutual benefit. Yes. And yeah. why not do that with your sibling now? You're going to do it for all of eternity, right? Oh, amen. Yeah. You know, we're, yeah. we're, 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 that's what discipleship is, right? We don't, you know, we want to be growing into Jesus so that when we get there, it's, it's not like alien territory. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be like, oh, no, this is, this is a little bit how I've been living. You yeah, know, yeah. I want to enjoy it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've been talking about diversity, but uh, one of the things, John, that I felt you got to touch on a bit, but just not like dive at in some ways, again, listening to your podcast earlier, Hakeem, mm-hmm. and thinking through that, one of the, the fears that exists out there when it comes to evangelical Christianity, Christianity mm-hmm. overall, is this idea of uh, just overwhelming conformity. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember going through classes about some of this stuff too and some yeah. of the problems therein. Um, just throwing this out there for you guys, like speak to that, speak to the the problem, like the church wants to be diverse, but this fear of conformity exists out there. Um, some of us go out and try and get people to conform rather mm-hmm. than to get to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what the tensions therein and everything else, yeah. Yeah, I would say, well, one, Seeking to be more of a holistic people is hard. Like having people from different cultures, that's not easy. Like how do we honor the various cultures? Say you got five different cultural representations in your congregation. Say you got uh, Mexican, black, let's say Italian, Chinese, and I don't know, I'm coming off the top of the dome. (laughs) Let's say Arab, right? And you're like, okay, there's different linguistic representations, there are different cultural aspects. How do we honor all of these people? It's going to be difficult, but nevertheless, I guarantee you the difficulty is what breeds um, beauty. It, it, it breeds holisticness. It, it breeds a witness that will show those in your community. It's like, what the heck? Why are these people all hanging out with each other? 
in this building or even outside of this building? Why do I see them at these coffee shops and at these restaurants? Don't don't y'all. Isn't there a conflict? Yeah, absolutely. But that's what we do as a family. And I think there's also a fear of of the difficulty. It's like, man, I want following Jesus to be easier. I want to be more convenient. And I'm also speaking out of experience and my own, yeah. you know, shortcomings in that I too. I get that. It's like, man, I just, it'd be dope to be around people that's just like me, right? I would think. And then I get to know people from Nicaragua. I get to know people from Rwanda. I get to know people from all over the world who I had actual proximity to in a church gathering. And I was like, man, I would be missing out if I'm not near you. Tell me how following Jesus has led you to forgive the people who killed your family in the Rwanda genocide. Oh, man. You want to talk about forgiveness? What? Tell me, excuse me, tell me how you forgive those who abused you in a variety of ways when you were just a little girl in a dump in Nicaragua so that your family can get access to better trash. What? What is so compelling about this man that you would do so? Oh, because this man displayed it himself. Okay. So all of those examples have major difficulties within them. Nevertheless, they refuse to conform to just a homogenous people. They say, no, this is what following Jesus looks like in our context, but we also can learn from you too, brother. So put that shovel down and come talk to me. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, yes, I'll do that now. So, I don't know. Sorry, I kind of went off, but that's just what came to my head, man. And, yeah, let me, okay, it's here. So let me just say it real quick. I've heard Genesis 3.28 used in a variety of ways, mm. right? There's neither Jew nor Gentile. I'm probably going Galatians to Galatians 3.28. I might correct you a little bit, but. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> Genesis. But Lord I know why. Jesus. We were talking about, we were talking about it. Lord Jesus. Yes, Galatians <laughs> 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is not about everybody's differences being eliminated. This is about those differences no longer dividing us. There was a divide between Jews and Gentiles in the courtyard of the temple. There's a wall. When Paul is talking in Ephesians, he's like the wall of hostility. That was a real thing. As you, probably, I'm not telling you guys, you don't, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But there is a sign that said, Gentiles, if you proceed, you will be killed. Yeah. We're talking about hostile. No, in in Christ Jesus, that type of divide is no longer there. But that doesn't mean you're no longer ethnically a Gentile from whatever nation and that you're no longer ethnically Jewish. And there was also division between males and females in different settings, the synagogue, the temple, in life in general. And Paul is like, no, not not in Christ. You don't stop being like I'm a man. I'm not I'm not I'm like I don't stop being a man because I'm now in Jesus. That doesn't eliminate. No, it's that now I can be reconciled to my sisters in a way that nothing can tear us apart. The enemy will try to do whatever he can to rip the people of God apart, try to rip the body apart. Nevertheless, Jesus says, I won't have that. That's not that's not how my family operates. Slave and free. When Jesus did what he did and the apostles began their missionary you know, journeys and all of that stuff, people still remained in their social statuses often. Like when Paul's writing to Philemon about Onesimus, Onesimus is still a slave. He's like, hey man, uh, he's come to faith though, so treat him as a brother, which I think has some implied stuff in there. But he's still a slave, like going back to a master in the church. 
and you'll probably touch on some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, we got to touch on, on that yeah. in like two weeks. But yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not, <laughs> yeah. Like those things still existed, but they they uh, related to one another in a different way now. There isn't this hierarchical, oppressive type of way. Now you navigate those households in a different in a different way now because you're in Jesus. Does that make sense? Oh, it okay. does. And I mean, if those of you who, who listen to the message Sunday, the way I, I tried to go with that is say we, we get this really bad advice that the gospel or Jesus is trying to make us colorblind, mm-hmm. right? It's trying, Jesus is trying to make, go back to make us all monochromatic. Mm-hmm. And I am colorblind. And so, and, and that's a disability. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not good. God doesn't, right? Like, so uh, that's of the devil, I think, to hear to, to, when, we, when we hear people say that. I don't say they're trying to be like the devil, but I think mm-hmm. it's, it's just evil and it's not biblical and it's not true. Um, the, the gospel takes us all in our beauty and our intricate design. Mm-hmm. I, I think one illustration would be a tapestry, you know, and weaves us together. Right, a tapestry that just has one color, that's going to be a pr- pretty boring end pretty product. Pointless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tapestries that make you, whoa, like, look at, how did they make that? Like, that's unbelievable. Just go mm-hmm. and, and Google tapestry making and watch some of these just master artists, uh, uh, you know, weave these tapestries. Yeah. Um, or another il- uh, art illustration would be a mosaic, mm-hmm. right? We saw some of these when we were in Israel recently, some of these, like, first century mosaics. Oh, and wow. they're just mm-hmm. unbelievable, mm-hmm. the art and the design. Well, a mosaic with all the same material and all the same colors. <laughs> you're going to look at kind of a blob, a mosaic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But because you can tell it's a certain animal or a certain person, like, it's, it's, that's what God's building. That's yeah. the beauty. And again, like, I probably shouldn't say this, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this, but eh, you know, might as well go for it. Uh-oh. I think that, um, <laughs> you know, this goes back to some, I think, just the really ridiculous conversations around Black Lives Matter, in mm. my opinion. Um, yeah, You're so, bringing out all the stuff today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just want to say for, <laughs> for, for some of the folks out there that would say, oh, okay, John, like the Black Lives Matter organization, blah, 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 blah. I, let's get away from that. Maybe I'm not saying that everybody that represents them or they always use money well. And like, I don't want to get distracted with those things. Yeah. But I hear I heard this at the height of some of these just... I can't even imagine as a man of color what it was like watching George Floyd or the other. Mm. I can't even imagine. Mm. And and so and so instead of responding with compassion and empathy, which I think the church did for about a half second, about mm. a hot half second, we responded with compassion. Mm. And then it quickly got jettisoned. I think that's how the evil one works. Mm. And I would hear things like this. Uh, Black Lives Matter, well, so do all, all lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're falling for. Of course, all lives, right? But we're right. trying to flatten it out. Yeah. And the place like, when, please just take my pastoral advice. Next time I say Black Lives Matter, just say, yes, they do. Mm. Yes, they do. Mm. And that's in right, Hispanic Lives Matter, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And Asian Lives Matter, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And White Lives, yes, they do. Mm-hmm. All lives matter. And they're all beautiful. And the gospel's not flattening that out or yeah. removing color or minimizing who you are. It's incorporating who you are in all your beauty as, as you are dust animated with life and made intricately and woven together as, as, you know, in the womb. Mm-hmm. No one is like you. Um, you're woven in this beautiful tapestry, mosaic of the kingdom yeah. of God. And yeah. that's the beauty of what the gospel's teaching us. So again, I just, I, I'm just trying to help all of us not to fall prey for these these silly ways of thinking that flatten everything out and and move us away from the more important thing of noticing people for who they are mm-hmm. and honoring them and honoring their pain and honoring them of brothers and sisters in all their diverse beauty. Mm-hmm.
Anyway, those are, those are my thoughts. Anything other hot topics you want me to talk about, Josh? That man got a couple in the bag, <laughs> apparently. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well well said. And I'm just, I'm just thinking through, like, yeah, the past few years, and we have been through an absolute whirlwind in a lot of these categories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, did I – and and this is probably the tension I think a lot of people feel with some of these topics, like uh, from from a white person's perspective, is like, did I do everything? Did I do enough? Did mm. I, you know, I, I think that's probably um, some of the guilt probably sitting with me and some of the others I've mm. talked to. Like, I want to, but I want to do it right. I want to do it in a way that celebrates diversity within the church. Mm. I want to do it in a way that celebrates Christ. I want to do it in a way that celebrates the redemptive story. But in this moment, man, this thing is so complex. There's so many distractions out there. Yeah, yeah, just to get caught up in. It's What would you say to that, Hakeem? I mean, I'm sure you've been presented from that of like, you know, I think the the white guilt is is a very huge thing mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and I think that it leads to getting just all wrapped around the axle of that guilt to where mm. we're immobilized, mm. and you feel so. Again, I don't want to cross pollinate really serious issues, but I, I sometimes feel that way about climate change. Mm. Like I don't even know what's happening. What do I do? Like I don't. I won't I'll recycle. Any, what you yes, want? Yes, I don't. Yeah. I won't drink any more plastic. That's another time, John. That's another time. But I think my point being, like, it leads. Uh, it, it is in its worst expression. It leads to doing nothing. Yeah. And yeah. so, mm. what would you say to those brothers and sisters that I know you love dearly, who who are white and that that like I'm I'm leaning into this conversation. I'm I'm not trying to get distracted. Help me, like. You know, how, how do they begin to maybe take a faithful first step? What what, mm. what advice would you have for us that, like, we're literally, you know, the politicalization of it mm-hmm. and the confusion of it and all the divergent voices, especially on social media. And please stay off social media. But like, where would yeah. you where would you say what would you say to that? Yeah. Well, one, it's not it's not anybody's fault for being from the ethnic or racial background that you come from, like. Being white is not a sin, you know what I mean? Like, or being ethnically from Europe, I'm gonna just say it like that, because then people can get into all of all these all these terms and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's not a sin. This is nobody's fault. Like, I didn't choose to be from a descendant of Africa, right? Like, I'm not faulting anybody for that. In addition to that, it's just like, yo, you welcome to the party. Oh man, I got a lot of thoughts going at the same time. <laughs> and when I say welcome to the party, I don't mean that like pejoratively. I mean that um, sarcastically. Just welcome to other people's realities. There's things that, you know, for example, I come from both African descent and Native American descent. My mom is an Afro Indigenous woman. My mom's family comes from Apache tribes, Chiricahua in particular. And we're tapping into what does that mean? But phenotypically, like, I look like a black dude, because I am. Nevertheless, there is so much historical baggage with both of these people groups that I come from. Mm. And I find it best to just have conversations offline. Stop talking online on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and even TikTok if you're on there. Get off of that stuff. You have to get in front of people. Again, a lot of hot takes aren't so hot when they're in front of somebody's face. And there's some type of digital courage that we get to say whatever we want online that actually is a terrible witness, again, because people are reading those comments, reading those tweets and retweets and all of that stuff. But I would just say, welcome to the party. 
this is a conversation that's been going on for hundreds of years in this country. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole privilege thing and all of that stuff, but there is a slight of privilege to be able to check out of this whenever you want or it becomes overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But for some people's reality, this isn't a, a check in, check out. This is just what I have to navigate on a day to day. And I'm not even talking about myself necessarily. I'm just saying in general, that's, that's just the case. So let your hair down. You can breathe. It's okay. Nobody's asking you to fix the world tomorrow. We're all in this together to try to create a better world for the generation to come while we're also trying to provide remedies for one another in this current generation from things that have happened from the generations before us. But don't feel like you got to fix it all. You know what I mean? Nobody's supposed to carry that weight. I can't fix everything that's going on in black communities, yet I feel my heart being broken. That's a part of being human. That's a part yeah. of, of yeah. seeing and living in the way of Jesus. You're supposed to be brokenhearted at what's going on in the world. That makes sense. Nevertheless, continue to put hope in the man who has changed the world and will continue to change. And that's not to say that all things will culminate in righteousness and perfection before he comes back. But we can bring heaven to earth because we are his people. He has done it and we are living in the kingdom. And when we pray, Father, may your will be done in heaven, as, I mean, on, on earth as it is in heaven. Like that's a reality. That's not some ethereal guess and hope. And if we continue to pray that, I think we will continue to see that be our circumstances. Mm. Not to say that things are going to be perfect. It's not. Yeah. But I just don't, th I don't take Jesus's words as like cute suggestions and think like, oh, that's a nice idea, Jesus. Like I've seen, or we read about this man actually living that out. And the impact is you and I and you, the three of us sitting around this table in this, in this space. That's the evidence that he did believe that to be actually true. That makes sense. I feel like I just gave you a no, bunch no, of mumbo jumbo. I, I think I think what you said is profound. I'd encourage people to to go back and listen to the last three minutes again. Mm. And and you you were very pastoral in how you said it. And mm. I think what stuck with me, um, and you're kind in how you said it. But for me as a white man, and again, not trying to hate on white man. I'm I'm only speaking to myself here. But the idea that it is privilege in and of itself to check out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's true. And that, yeah. to go back to the house analogy, that'd be like, well, I'm going to go hang out in my vacation home and not repair this one, right? <laughs> I don't have a vacation home, but, you know, for those fortunate yeah, folks yeah. who do, right? Yeah. We have a pop-up trailer. I'm going to go live in the pop-up trailer and not repair this leaky roof, you know? I think, you know, we're all, if you never lived in a house with a leaky roof, I think we're all realizing there's some leaky roofs everywhere. Mm -hmm. And yeah. as, as Christ followers, again, let's, let's link arms. Yeah. And let's get this thing fixed by God's grace through the power of the Spirit for the mm. glory of God for the sake of the world. Yeah. How beautiful will that be? You know, to, I mean, that's the that's the the deal of a finished house project that yeah. you're seeing. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, that's righteousness. That's shalom. Absolutely. You know, in the truest sense. And we're seeking shalom, and our hearts are built to step into shalom and experience shalom and have those moments, even though they'll be intermittent until we get to kingdom come, where we're like, ah, we taste and see the Lord is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what this, I want for this conversation, for our, for myself, for my kids, for my family, for our church. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, thank you for being here, Hakeem. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a great conversation overall. Thanks for having me. Hakeem, would you mind praying for us? For sure. Father, we just say thank you for the family that you've called your own and that you continue to adopt children in. 
children from all over the world. And we just want to say thank you that we all get to be participants in this family. And may we participate in the mission to see the family continue to expand. May we never lose sight or take for granted our siblings who come from different backgrounds that can show us a different slice of the pie that we all dine from. May we live out what is to come in the right now by having a table full of people who are different from ourselves and similar, but just a a vast, um, diverse group of people around our tables from different vantage points of diversity. God, we just want to reflect heaven on earth. We want to taste your kingdom now. May we be obedient children to the call of our Father that has been exemplified in the Son, and we are empowered by the Spirit to do so. And it's in the Son's name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, Hakeem. Grateful for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening to New Hope's Cutting Room Floor Podcast. And don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out newhopepdx.org to get to know us more.